Welcome, it's uh, Black Sports 980. Um, your host, Laws. Got Shaq in the building, Aaron in the building. Dio join us later. Uh, as you can hear, you know, I, I'm not trying to put on a very white voice. That's because the <laughs> flu bug tried to get the, 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 the game. I was fighting that by him, trying to get him above me. You know, had taking the garlic pills, all that stuff, trying to trying to get it above me. But the weather's been crazy in the DMV. Uh, if you, if you live here, it's been like 17, 20 degrees the last few days. It's been crazy. So, you know, it had to excuse me. Um, I don't got SARS and nothing like that. I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's just a regular flu bug, general fighting off. So, um, but nothing's going to hold us back from from getting to where we got to get to. Uh, we got a lot of topics today. Uh, first, off, off, off break, you know, we, we taking a different turn today. We not starting off with football, we starting off with baseball. Talk about how my boy Ken Griffey uh, got into the Hall of Fame uh, with the most votes ever um, to get in. With like, It was like 99% of the votes he got. Um, only like three Bamas didn't vote for him. I don't even know who these three Bamas were, but they they weren't black, I'm sure. But um, also Mike Piazza, he got in the Hall of Fame. Now I won't take nothing away from him. He, he made it in. But uh, Ken Griffey, he has a special place in our heart because, you know, growing up, I don't know, Aaron, I don't know if he was like in the trading cards and stuff like that, but that's that was our thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Trading baseball cards and basketball cards. And like, Ken Griffey was that dude growing up in my era, you know, the, the 90s, like he was that dude, you know, he, he had the, the shoes, the, the, uh, the Griffies, remember everybody wanted the Griffies and stuff like, I, it, it's just, it's just, you know, special to see, you know, somebody, you know, from our era to actually make it into the Hall of Fame, um, you know, uh, no steroids behind his name, none of that, that stupid, crazy stuff. Like he just was like a, an exceptional talent, and uh, he had a long, a long career. I think what he he was in uh, 20, 21 years he played in the uh, league. Twenty two like years, yeah, yeah twenty two years. Um, and I mean he had he had uh, most what ninety seven ninety eight. That's when he had the, he hit the fifty six home runs, and that's when he was the uh, the MVP. I think it was ninety seven. Yeah. Um, when he won the MVP or whatever, but I mean, Ken Griffey was was that man. I mean, he was he was nice, and he definitely deserves to to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, any y'all had any thoughts on it? Anything to say about it? I mean, by far the greatest player, greatest player of our generation um, that we got to see growing up. I haven't seen anybody better. His people forget how much, how good he actually was because of the years in Cincinnati that were marred by injuries. But when he was in Seattle, that boy was untouchable. Like he was all over the outfield. He was one of the best people at bat ever. Like guaranteed, you knew he was clutch. Um, every time he was up the bat, he hit the, he made the hits he needed to. It was rare that he struck out when the game was on the line. It was rare he didn't get enough home runs in the season to help his team make it to the playoffs. It's a shame he never won a championship, but that's never won a chip. To, that was more attributed to management because with the team they had, him, Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, them three alone on offense was like probably the most dominant offense of the '90s at that point in time. 
Um, they didn't get the, the pitching aside from the big unit. They didn't get the pitching they needed to help them win that chip and get over the hump with all the other teams that were playing at the time. But, I mean, I give him all the props in the world and all the credit in the world. He, him getting in the way he did is well-deserved. They have that stupid policy. Some of the some of the voters have that stupid policy on not voting for people their first time up, no matter what. He got he got that up out of some people. They made exceptions for him, but there's a couple old codgers that are going to keep that policy no matter who's up to bat. So I mean, uh, did, you, you're not going to get them all. Did you find out who they were? Aaron? Did you did you do your, your research and, and find I did out my research and I couldn't find I couldn't find out who it was and. This is one of the things that I have an issue with as far as like the writers being uh, in charge of who gets in and out. I feel like if it's the Hall of Fame, it should be coaches and players, current and past, deciding these kind of things. Because they come up with the, their own agendas. But like, who, I want to know, like, what was the thought process behind not voting for them? Like I said, it's exactly what I said. There's. I've heard it said straight up from like Tim Kirchin and Buster Olney and a couple other analysts that say, Peter Gammon's another one that say, we know people that vote that will not vote for first time Hall of Fame, like first pe- first ballot Hall of Famers. They won't vote for them no matter who they are. Then they like, shouldn't be voting. That's their policy. They, they shouldn't be voting. Policy. I know, they shouldn't. And, you're absolutely right. it, so you're saying it's basically like, like the coach that that they'll be like, I'm not playing no freshmen. Like if you're a freshman, you exactly. It's that same. It's that same policy before you play. Or, or yeah. Randy Edsel saying, I'm not playing time. players with goatees with facial hair. Or something. You know what I mean? It's for the stop. Like, <laughs> it's that no, same mentality. Really yeah, he really did that at Maryland. That's not a. It's, it's 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 ridiculous though. I mean, some of the some of the criteria that they use that they try to just like it, it's not even sensible. Like, I I don't get like, it, man. I mean, you get it. WME. I do get it. I do get it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I get I get it to an extent. Like, that's a good rule of thumb to have to help you narrow down because there's so many people to vote for. But you should be open to exceptions. That's my thing. Like, if you, if you need to set some kind of criteria on who you're going to vote for, that's fine because there's like 50, 60 people you need to vote for every year. And there's only a certain amount of years people have to make it. So it's like... You're taking away somebody that's on their last year to vote for somebody that's on their first year. I understand that. You don't want to do that to people. But at the same time, there should be exceptions. Somebody as talented as Ken Griffey Jr., there should be no exception as to him being on your ballot for Hall of Fame. No matter what's got to be. He got to be there. Him, Cal Ripken Jr. should have been unanimous when he went. Um, Nolan Ryan. Randy Johnson should have been unanimous. Yeah. Nolan Ryan. Like, there's certain people that should be unanimous for what it is. Your stupid rules should not apply. Like, you should have should. the common sense to say, all right, I know what I'm nor- what I'm used to doing, but you can't deny this guy and vote for him. Can't do it, no. And one more thing that makes it twice as stupid with the whole not letting him in on their first attempt. Does that mean... The first time you vote, he wasn't a Hall of Famer, but a year or two years later, all of a sudden he becomes a Hall of. Like, what's the, what's the thought process in that? Like you can't that, be a Hall of Famer when you retire from five years from then, but then seven years later, you like. I just the stuff they come up with is just it, yeah. I mean, man. the whole point of the five-year period is to give you time to reflect on somebody's career. So, how is reflecting five years different than reflecting six years? Like, why would you make a stupid rule like that for yourself? 
I, just, I don't get these it. These are the same families who want to crush Obamacare and all this. Come you're on, right. man. You're right. Why are we yeah. questioning this stuff? Next subject. Donald, Donald Trump <laughs> leading in the polls. We, we, this is these stupid criteria that don't have no bearing. I mean, but nonetheless, I'm glad to see Ken Griffey break the mold to, to some extent. You know, you, you think about Ken Griffey. I mean, every time I think about Ken Griffey, I just think about that signature swing, the little uppercut swing jump. <laughs> like, I mean, mm-hmm. even even as a kid, I would play baseball. Like, I would try to mimic that swing. Like, just try, you know, swing the jump like a golf club jump. And if you really try to do that in baseball, you will fail. I'm just trying to let y'all know. Baseball is not golf. But, but, <laughs> but somehow, this Bama made it work, though. He made it work, and he was successful um, to a, to a, a great degree, you know, on on a, on a baseball field, and uh, just more just props to him, you know what I'm saying? And you know, not not uh, downplaying Mike Piazza's, you know, his his getting into the Hall of Fame, but this Black Sports 980, so we going we going big our own uh, while we had a, the opportunity and the chance, because it's not it's rare that you see, you know, um, Black baseball players of his caliber get in, you know, the whole. Barry Bonds, who knows? He, I think he deserved to get in, man. They, they, they he won't. Just... He won't. Yeah, man. Until, so, uh, by the time all the people that have votes can get rid of him, it'll be too late because he'll he'll reach that moratorium. Like, by the time you get rid of all the people that's not going to vote for him, it'll be too late, and he'll reach that period where he won't be able to get on until you've passed away. Yeah, man. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. But, uh, you know, props to Ken Griffey. Um, props to uh, Mike Piazza, you know, getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, now we back to what we we usually go in on, and I know this is going to this is going to touch some nerves, I'm sure. But Lovey Smith was let go as the Bucks head coach. Um, who, who else did they let go? They let go somebody else too. Or was just it was just Lovey. Lovey Smith. The only one I heard asked. was Lovey. That's all I heard was Lovey. And so they they asked Lovey Smith off off the uh, Bucks coaching, and now it's like, I mean, did he deserve to get fired? I mean, I could think of some coaches that deserve to get fired. I don't necessarily think he was one of them, um, given the circumstances. Um, the Bucks definitely improved from last year to this year. So, I mean, well, did you hear anything, Aaron, about, like, why they fired uh, Lovey Smith? I mean, I know his, his record wasn't the greatest, but, I mean, he had a he had a, a rookie quarterback. I mean, what what did they expect? What happened was the uh, the offensive coordinator, Jeff, I think it's Jeff Cutter, he, uh, mm-hmm. they started receiving calls about other teams asking to interview him. And because they didn't want to lose him, they're going to, they fired Lovey quote-unquote, and then they have to honor the Rooney rule, but they're going to promote the offensive coordinator, the head coach, which one tells me he had something to do with behind the scenes with, you know how that goes, like with the Shanahan's and uh, who was the D coordinator that everybody hated? Uh, Jim Haslett. Kind of like certain guys going behind the coach's back or above the coach's heads, saying certain things and certain information, and you end up with a, with a job when everybody else ends up fired. Yeah, man. Well, that I mean, yeah, it's crud. Whatever way that it looks a little, little suspect, a little sneaky. Um, you know, I think I think Smith. I, I, to me, to me, from the outside looking in, 
you could have anybody take over that team with like all the, the issues and the problems that they had. Like, I mean, if I was coaching the team or if you had a Hall of Fame coach, I mean, six and 10 is what you could expect with a, a rookie quarterback coming into the NFL and, and trying to get things, you know, uh, Mike Evans was hurt a lot of the year. And then when he came back, he was uncharacteristic, dropping balls and stuff like that. We had Vincent Jackson hurt a lot of the year, had a lot of, you know, outside of those two, they didn't really have any proven wide receivers that, you know, makeshift, they lost people on their defense that were key contributors. So, I mean, it's just a lot to have to deal with as a coach and I'm not excusing him, but I'm just saying like, for the most part, and I guess you could throw, throw uh, Ken Wisenhunt into the mix, but I just think Ken Wisenhunt's situation was just a different situation. And so, um, you know, I, I think from last year to this year, they did improve. Um, last year, how many games did the Bucks win? Like two? Two. Yeah, they won two games and they won six this year. Like, I mean, yeah. and, and not just not just that they win six; they were in it in a lot of the games that they did lose. It's not like they lost a lot of games. Yeah, they blown out much this year. Yeah, I'm I mean, not um, Tennessee got blown out a few times this year. I never saw Tampa Bay really get blown out, so they were competitive like the whole year. That's one yeah, thing that they typically look at when you're coming from being the first pick to improving how in it are you with all the games like he was in it most of the season a couple of the a couple of the games one or two turnovers different they'd have won rather than lost and been nine and seven instead of six and ten so what are you really saying like competitiveness didn't count for anything at all it was only wins and losses and it looks like they were headed in the right direction that's the issue i had sometimes you see where like even like take the record out of the equation for some coaches you can see they lost the team or they're not mm-hmm. headed in the right direction it looked like they were headed in the right direction so there has to be something else going on that i guess we're not privy to as to why yeah, they, you can, i mean <laughs> go ahead you can tell by the player reactions on twitter that they were upset that he's gone like he didn't lose the locker room because for leaders like levante david and daquan bowers to be on twitter confused about what the heck is going on it's obvious he didn't lose the locker room. So, what did he lose other than the battle yeah, good for the supremacy? See, and, and see, this is and this is the thing that really like this, this is leading into another issue that we we may we may mention of uh, times before. And I think like this week, Stephen A. talked about it with Jason Garrett. How like Jason Garrett is, uh, you know. Um, who, who's the uh, owner of the Cowboys? Uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Jones. Like, he Jerry Jones's boy. And, you know, based on the fact that they just have a relationship, that he just gets a pass on no, no matter what he does. Um, I mean, this year, he's, he's coached the team terribly. And that's just facts. The fact that they went away from Brandon Whedon and Whedon got the Houston Texans into a playoff game just tells you all that you need to tell about him evaluating talent and, and coaching. And... They, they suck the entire year. And yes, they had injuries and different things like that, but they were in games and they had games where they were up that they should have won. And because of bad coaching, they lost. And yet he's still employed. And here you have a coach in Lovey Smith who, you know, I sometimes, and I have to be careful because sometimes I go in on Lovey because I'm like, young, it's dumb. You had the best kick returner in the, in the world when you were with Chicago and you try to make him a wide receiver. Like you were an idiot. That was just dumb. And yes, it was dumb. But even still, like in this situation, it's like 
now they're they're turning to to the offensive coordinator who's not black and they're going with him as they move forward when you see clearly like we just said like it's clear that Levy Smith didn't lose the locker room or anything like that. Stuff that you see with a lot of these other coaches and then they, the, the team just have to part ways because, you know, they lose the locker room or things just go so sour. But like here you see the, the trajectory of the team going going a certain direction and then they just like, they cut ties and, and they hand it over to someone who, in my opinion, doesn't earn, didn't do anything to earn the right to take over the position. So it's it's mind-boggling to me how this this continues to like just not not that it uh, it happens, but that it's overlooked and that it's not talked about. Like here you got uh, what's another one? Jeff Fisher? How long? Jeff how Fisher been in the league? He's been coaching twenty-one years, has six winning seasons, but everybody <laughs> talks about him like he's some genius football coach, like some great savant football coach. Hey, three first-round picks that he got from us. Sent them out as captains to taunt the team and hasn't been over 500 since. Before or after, actually. He got a job, though, Aaron. He He's employed. And I bet you if he was to get fired today, he'd be a top candidate for a lot of these other teams. And I don't know why. I just don't understand why. If, if 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 we are just talking crazy, please tell us, young, know, because you know, like I think people are just just not willing to just face the fact that like race and, and color plays a large significant part in this whole equation. I mean, the football was based off the good old boy system, and you still see these things in place. Like Jeff Fisher should not have a job. Jason Garrett should not have a job. Like that's just facts. Gus I mean, Bradley, it, twelve and Gus Bradley have been with the ja- uh, Jaguars. And, and, and people will sit here and they'll be like, "Well, you know, they inherited bad teams and they, they don't have anybody on the, their roster that that can help them win and this and that." Like, whose fault is that? You think they don't have a hand in the players that are, are being picked that, that for their roster? To me, Gus Bradley and and Lovey Smith are like the exact same scenario right now. One's still there and one's not. Like both of them were trending upward from last year. And how is it that one is gone and the other one's not? Like, I mean, Gus, people are still giving him credit for the Seahawks defense being the mastermind of that. Dan Quinn came in and had a better defense. So was it really Gus Bradley that did it? I don't know. I don't think so. He helped put it together, but he didn't really run it. Like, the system is the system. So he hasn't duplicated that feat in Jacksonville. They had a couple bad years under him. They got better this year, and he's still not even a question about him being on the hot seat. But all of a sudden, Lovey, there was no hot seat for Lovey at the end of the year, but he's still gone. There's obviously That's what I'm something. saying. There's something, 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 something in the background there that we don't know about. It's, it's it's some kind of devious tactics going on that got him up out of there. It has to be. Mike McCoy, he's another one. San Diego, just chilling. 
Never losing season. Just chilling. And they got tossed up this year several times. Yeah, that's that's the worst San Diego's been since Phillip Rivers has been there. They've never had that bad of a record. So usually a, a, a charge like that against you gets you fired. For you to have the worst record possible with no significant like injuries or anything that caused you to have that record, you should have been out the door. Straight up. Oh, and especially if you don't have no legs to stand on. Lovey Smith got a got a Super Bowl appearance. Don't he? Did, didn't they win? The, hold on, didn't they win the Super Bowl? Then? No, that's the one they lost to the Colts. Oh, that's when they lost. They lost. He took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, Harold. The, the, this is what I'm trying to say. This this man has like credibility, like you know what I'm saying, like building a a, a Super Bowl contending franchise and taking them to the Super Bowl. So he should be getting the passes, not these Bama's who've never sniffed a, a playoff game. And Mike McCoy, Gus Bradley, like, come on, seriously? And I he'll mean, probably never get another head coaching job. This is probably it for him. Unless he goes, unless he takes the Cleveland job because nobody else really want it. <laughs> you can <laughs> stay away from that situation. Yeah. You can stay away from that job. I mean, but this, this, this I, I hope, I hope that the people can just see that you know that we're not being like we're not being biased or we're not just making this up like tossing this out of thin air because we're you know african-american descent this is just the facts and like people just want to ignore it but it's it's not right it's just not right it's not right it's not right it's not right that levy smith is getting fired after trending the team upward and jeff fisher fisher and the sorry uh, St. Louis Rams with all that talent on the team can't even sniff the playoffs or sniff a winning record if at that. Uh, Gus Bradley, Mike McCoy, go down the list. All these average guys. You know, the only one who I, I, I can I can feel bad for is the uh, 49ers coach because he just got a bad, he came into a bad situation. Like, the whole yeah, team retired. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like the whole Everybody squad. rolled out. So then, you know, you basically asking this Batman to just reverse magic the whole season and just get him <laughs> into the playoffs, and like that's impossible. So he 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 didn't really have nothing in his favor. So I felt like yeah, he, he was a trash in that anyway. Yeah, Tom Tom Sula. Yeah, he was a he was a stopgap to, to begin with. So um, yeah, that I mean, th- that's it. What you me, say, Jack? Something I'm something I'm thinking, the conspiracy theorist in me, the part-time conspiracy theorist, is wondering whether St. Louis is keeping Jeff Fisher there to keep losing, to try and make that move to LA. Like, to make the fan base lose his love for the team, keep on losing games so that we can move to LA and then clean house after they get there. Same thing with San Diego. They might have tanked this year so they could get out, out of San Diego. You Those can are be my sorry. With less than a seven million dollar salary for your head coach, I can think of some trash head coaches you can get for two or three million dollars. Very true. You're yeah. Absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. But why, yeah, why you, rock the boat? He's the highest paid coach in the league. Don't say that. Uh, he the highest paid coach in the league. <laughs> seven, Don't say that. Seven than, million. More than Pete Carroll. I thought Pete Carroll was the highest. Uh, when when not, maybe I'll look not. Man, but. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's getting seven million a year. Yeah, you might. Be, I mean, yeah. you might be right. I know he got a pretty penny to go there, 
Bridges. And then he's and still he has, a money. And he has GM duty, I think. So he got the Shanahan. He might deal. be right. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, he got a Shanahan deal then. He's stealing. He's stealing money. If that's the case. Stealing money. Oh. Now, why are you looking that up, man? There's a lot of jobs, right? Job vacancies out right now for a lot of uh, head coaching positions that are available. Uh, San Fran being one of them, Philly, the Browns, Bucks. Now that, that Lovey's out of there, the Giants, Miami, Tennessee. And out of all of those teams, they're all kind of sorry. But if you had the choice of one of those teams to go coach for, which one would you choose? Me, I'm choosing Miami because there's no state tax. That's the only reason. I'm being selfish. If I'm getting a head coaching job, I'm going there because there's no state tax. I'm going Tampa All because there's no state stuff. tax. And it's talent on the roster, on offense. <laughs> That's very true. You said Tampa. I take Jameis over uh, Tannehill's going to get somebody oh, else. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. They got to figure out that Tampa, that um, Tannehill's the problem there. Like he needs, he needs somebody to coach him up. He has potential. I won't deny him that he could be a top twenty quarterback in the league and win you enough games to get you into the playoffs. I don't think he could get you. In, like I don't see him as being any worse than Andy Dalton was in the beginning of Andy Dalton's career. Like he has the same potential to be good that Andy Dalton is showing right now, but he's not executing. He needs somebody to coach him up. You, you know what? When I think about Miami. You're, y'all seen that uh, the movie Draft Day? You seen it, Joe? Yeah, Day? I saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Costner mm-hmm. and Joe. You remember the yeah. like the, the white quarterback Bama that was getting drafted? And he kept lying to the uh, he lied uh-huh. to the uh, the, the uh-huh. dude to get him on the team or whatever. That's who Ryan Tannehill remind me of. Like, <laughs> I feel like he he know he got all the answers and like he he you know what I'm saying he's like overconfident. Like he's overcompensating for something. That's what Ryan Tannehill reminds me of. And, like, the only way Ryan Tannehill would be any semblance of good or, like, you know, where you would where you would win with him is if he's humble. And, like, yeah, that cocky mindset and attitude, like, it don't work. Isn't it, it doesn't work all the time and in certain cases. Like, he thinks he's better than he really is. And now, if he had, like, an attitude like Kirk Cousins, because Kirk Cousins, I mean, now it's starting to lower, it's starting to change, but but before he was just like, you know, like, whatever, like, this, like, whatever y'all need to do, like, and just dinking and dunking and all like that. Like, if his mentality was like that, then you probably have a chance. But if you're trying to come in and you're trying to coach him, and he thinking he got everything and he won't listen, then you're, not, you're never going to win anything with him. I'd rather take Jameis Winston and the Bucks because, you know, he's still young, he's still learning. You know, um, I think you can mold him into a winner. You know, they have talent on the roster, like Aaron said. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mess with Philly because Philly, you just, they they just, all their talent is gone. Purge. I mean, they, yeah, Miami, Miami has a ton school. of talent too, though. Miami, they do have a ton of talent. They got a ton of talent. Quarterback. So you might, it might be the one thing that you need to, it might be one piece you need to get rid of. And I'd rather take that job with that vicious defense they have. Cameron Wake coming back next year. Their defense is going to be right back to being vicious. And they got they got Lamar Miller if they can keep him. And they got the wide receiver if they can get a quarterback to throw him the ball. James. They're going to be right back in there. So I, I'd go with Miami personally. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think I think either one of those those Florida teams you might you might be good. I mean, any y'all mess with the Giants? 
No, you got to because of ODB and because of Eli. You got to like you got to give them a shot in consideration. They got to fix their defense. You got to have somebody that can come in and fix that defense though, because it's atrocious right now. Too too bad, Ruffin not here to the the, the rep his squad. Let them know how <laughs> you choose the Giants number one. But uh, I think that the Giants have a question mark as far as if they're still in win win now mode or rebuild mode. I don't think you have a ton of time left with Eli. And I think nah, the team is, is in the way the Redskins were kind of about 10 years ago where they were they needed to just be bad and rebuild, but they kept trying to trying to stick in the playoff hunt and end up 8-8, eight 7-9, and 9-7 eight, kind of range. And you, you can't get better that way when you're, when you're an old team. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the Giants because uh, Tom Coughlin ain't looked too happy in that press conference like saying he was resigning <laughs> from the position. You saw how he brushed the owner and just like walked past him. Like, get out like, my face. Yeah, like he gave him the like, man, I got me in this joint reading this paper. Man, don't even look at me. Like he just just brushed him off. So sounds like bad blood there. Um, but I mean, come on, Tom. Like how you, like I said before, you want to coach till you die? Like be with your family. You got grandkids and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, relax, dog. What's up? You got two Super Bowls, over. Young Dude TV, relax. Nah, he was over on the sideline having Alzheimer's moments when it came down to running the clock, man. He needed to just let it go. Yeah, it's time. It's, it's getting time. the timeouts, forgetting to stop the clock, forgetting that all this stuff. Like, that many oversights with clock management, you need to get up out of there. It's, it's over for you, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was throwing the man was gonna have a heart attack on the sideline the way he be throwing his headset and clipboard. I'm like, bro, need to chill. Need to chill. Yeah, man. Just so, chill. Yeah, he got to chill, dog. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did finally check out the breaks too. Hey man, that's a good little good little program. That little it was like a pilot episode. That's what it seemed like to yeah. me. Yeah. They got to turn like, it into a series, man. They we gotta got get, to, you man. You got to get people to support it and turn it into a series. They got us to turn that into a series. If you if you if you haven't watched it, uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, it's it's pretty good. Like I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was it was a good representation of what you know that that era of hip hop changing over. So uh, yeah, but back to the uh, playoff season. Uh, we got a lot of teams in the playoffs this year, but and we talked about it on Tuesday about the different teams and who could get upset. But who has the most pressure? Do y'all think out of the teams that's in the playoffs? I mean, some saying Cincinnati, some are saying Denver Broncos, some are saying uh, you know the Green Bay Packers. Because I heard Mike McCarthy might lose his job if they if they go on to Washington and come you know come to Washington this week and lose. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of murmurings going around, but well, what are y'all thoughts? Who who has the most pressure to win this week? Or not just this week, but in the playoffs? Um, I'll say in the AFC is Denver. In the NFC is Carolina, in my opinion. Carolina is simply because of the record. Any team that comes into the playoffs with that high of a record, they always have pressure on them. Um, Arizona... They don't have as much pressure because of the way they got humbled coming into the playoffs. They they claim that that was the plan all along, was to pull Carson Palmer and not put full effort, whatever. But 
you don't get demolished like that going into the playoffs just off of the plan to take it easy. Like, they look bad coming in. So they got humbled. Um, Seattle's playing with house money. Minnesota's playing with house money. Green Bay's got a little bit of pressure. Washington, they playing with house money. So it's got to be Carolina in the NFC. AFC, I say Denver because because New England, all the injuries, they're kind of playing on built-up heroics or built-in excuses like we said before. And all the other teams, is kind of none of them have pressure to win a chip like they do with Peyton. So I agree. I think because of Peyton Manning and uh, how everybody, I guess, is anticipating it, uh, an implosion in the playoffs, either due to the injury or because a lot of people consider him a choker, um, there's pressure on them in the AFC. And because uh, they're looking to justify a lot of people still not giving Cam Newton the MVP and uh, trying to make him a regular season wonder, um, they a lot of people would like to see him lose also. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with y'all both. I mean, they actually came out and said, hey, man, it's starting for the Broncos uh, in the playoffs. But this is the this is the thing that just kind of like it. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't bother y'all, but it, it irks me a little bit. But they always gotta try to throw a caveat to protect, like, like the Tom other Brady. guy. Yeah, but no, they, they no pay man, and they did the Oswaller dealing with knee injury. Like, what is that? Uh, like, like he don't have no knee injury. Like, come on, like seriously, like. They just they just throw that out there to like kind of protect them, like shield them, like okay, yeah, we starting Peyton, but you know we're gonna flip this injury into something more. Like there is no injury, ladies and gentlemen. Like if Peyton Manning can play, Osweiler will be playing. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't even know why I even say that, but it's just like the you know it's like the automatic protection jump. Like okay, we're gonna just say there's an injury, and they do that. They do that a lot of these quarterbacks. You know, yeah. they say they don't yeah. unless your name is Robert Griffin the third, but you know, outside yeah, of that, it's just yeah, really deep as... yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because now they get to say, um, now they get to say we had no choice but to play Peyton because he was hurt, he, and Peyton was 100 percent healthy is what they can say if he comes out there and stinks it up. He wasn't 100 percent healthy, but we had no choice but to play him because Brock was hurt. So it's right. another built-in excuse. Built-in excuses. That that is that is the key word, ladies and gentlemen. I just want y'all to just look, be on the lookout for built-in excuses. They gave you <laughs> one with Tom Brady and then his whole injuries, the ribs, broken ribs, broken thumb. Broken oh ribs, no, it's broken not broken. It's sprained. Built-in excuses, so that whatever happens, the fan base will take it a little easier. The the media will will have something to say. Well, you know, and you'll hear it in the broadcast. But, trust and believe when they're calling a game they'll be like you know this this is the heroics of Tom Brady being able to play through injury like he's just out there getting it out this is a gutsy performance and come on man come on <laughs> gutting it out that's that's the key one right there the, gutting it out you gotta you gotta be sharp you gotta look for these built in excuses that that they put out there um, and, and it's really just it's, it's BS for the toilet that's all it is that's what it really is. It's BS for the toilet. But they just they just throw it at you and people just eat it up. But if I have to say who has pressure, I'm saying Cincinnati got a lot of pressure on them this year. Like, you know, um, they need to get a playoff win bad. And if they don't get this playoff win after they, you know, been able to uh, 
what they got the second seed this year in uh in the playoffs. In the nah, they didn't get second. They what? They, they got the. They're third or fourth see. because ten, um New England has the second seed. Oh yeah, okay. Broncos got first. Also, they're third, so they have to play this week. And they played. They played yeah. the Steelers. Oh yeah. 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 They. they I feel sorry for them because they're going to lose this game. I'm convinced that the momentum that uh, the Steelers have right now going into the playoff is just going to carry them to a W. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is a, is a you know, he, he's gone to a Super Bowl and won. And I feel like they're in the same predicament that the, not exactly the same, but kind of, that the, the, I'm talking about Cincinnati is the same respect kind of to what Washington is. Because they're both going up against quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl and been to the Super Bowl, and that are like at the top of at the top of the food chain as far as quarterbacks go. So you can never write them off. You can't write off Ben Roethlisberger. You can't write off, you know, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers. You just can't do it. Like it's just not wise. And so I just fully expect that in both cases, Green Bay and uh, the Steelers to knock off the uh, the higher seeds going into this um, this playoff. Um, I was reading something earlier today about just how Kirk Cousins' hundred million dollars is on the line uh, if he wins this game or if he shows up and he plays well or if he plays terrible. Then you know then that'll kind of bring everything back down to earth. But uh, I, to me, I feel like they didn't give him the money regardless whether he plays great or he he stinks it up. Uh, I just think that's where we're at now. Um, and nobody anticipated the Redskins making it this far, including myself. And now that they're here, I'm still in disbelief. And I will not, and maybe I'm like one of those scarred fans, but I just will not let my fandom take me in a dream. <laughs> just can't do it. Like, I got to stay in reality. And reality says Aaron Rodgers is better than Kirk Cousins on on every, in, all the time. And so I just fully anticipate the Green Bay Packers to stomp a, a mud hole in the Washington Redskins this week. And like I said, I'll take it all back if it doesn't happen. But that's what I anticipate. Um, they're going to come in hungry. They're going to come in ready to play. And the only way I'll, I'll, I'll think anything differently is if the Skins go up two scores in the first quarter like they did on, on Dallas. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, Going going forward, uh, we talked about the Broncos. Talked to Osweiler. Um, he's back. Anything else going on? In, uh, I mean, Bama's is too hype about this game Sunday. I uh, we had to, uh, I stayed home the other day because I was sick, and dude exterminator came through the house, and and I had on my Redskins hat because I was trying to beat this flu. And the band was like, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the game. He was just so like, yeah, Kirk Cousins about to throw for 303 touchdowns. Like, bro, you need to chill, dog. Like, <laughs> first of all, I'm not trying to infect you right now. And second of all, like, you're a little bit too hyped, dog. Like, he was like, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying. my man got seats. And then my man, I'm about to go. I'm like, dog, I'm not even trying to talk right now. And it just, like, it's a buzz around the city. Like, people are so hyped. And Aaron, you were saying the other day what you think it's going to be. The scan's gonna get a W, huh? I've been saying all along Green Bay go win, Green Bay's gonna win, no magic, rely on football. But I had a premonition and the Redskins gonna win the game. 
And not because of not because of what should make sense. But they're gonna win. You like that? You like that? Shaq. Vikings Vikings gonna lose? I don't wanna say it, but yeah. Yeah, now the predictions is out, man. They they, they definitely won't lose, man. We talked about this before. Three scores. They about to throttle the Miami Vikings, though. I mean, not the Miami Vikings. So the Minnesota Vikings about to throttle them, make them look like the Miami Vikings. That's get them out of it. Yeah, they about to get them up out of there. So you know how cold it's gonna be. That game is gonna be one three at kickoff minus nine with the. Yeah. Oh, that's enough. That's uh, nice. They gonna have they they gonna have heaters on the field. They gonna have the heaters on the field. There's no way you can have be cold He means. Yeah, you can't have Bama striking. That's that's like unlawful to have Bama striking in that type of weather. <laughs> yeah, you could die with one degree weather. You get yeah, your hand like if somebody like put a helmet into your hand with one degree weather, dog, your hand can break in half. <laughs> like like what was that jump? What was that movie, the Terminator 2 jump, when the band was like dipped in? Oh that, yeah, uh, the liquid nitrogen. Yeah, the liquid nitrogen jump. That's how Bama's be broke up and <laughs> that type of weather. Nah, dog, that's that's against law, against the law to have Bama striking in that type of weather, dog. Sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. If that if it's that cold, they gonna have to have the heaters on the field, dog. Yeah, that'll that'll I, definitely help Minnesota though, because that's a that's virtually shock. Like coming out there from Seattle to Minnesota and it's one degree and you're not used to playing that way. That's the only right. thing that might keep them in the game or give them a yeah, chance. That might give them a chance. Especially like if I was the coach, if I was the coach of Minnesota, I'd be practicing outside in the cold. Like we practicing every day outside in the cold to just like do game simulation so that, you know, they can be ready. Because you know, that cold, that type of cold can't be like, like you can't get like you can't stage that like you know what I'm saying like you can't just turn the air on and air yeah you can't simulate that and be like ah right, yeah this is one degree whatever like it's different when them bricks start hitting you as soon as you walk <laughs> in the door you can't simulate that so that might be a slight advantage actually a, a large advantage for Minnesota but I still don't think it'll be enough I still don't think it'll be enough. Um, it's gonna help. It's gonna help Adrian Peterson, but it's gonna hurt Teddy Bridgewater too. Yeah, because he he be playing with he be throwing with gloves on. Your fingers are already gonna be numb, and then you got the gloves on top of that. It's gonna kind of make it hard. And he to has, the ball. yeah, small hands. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna hurt him. It's gonna help AP though. <laughs> like, yeah, because the Bears ain't gonna want to tackle. No man. Yeah, they better run the ball forty-five times. Cause, uh, yeah. You're not gonna be able to throw them. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to throw the ball. Um, but it's gonna. I mean, we all gonna be watching the games close, close, close. Uh, Wiz caught an L last night, one twenty-one, one fifteen to LeBron and them. Kyrie fried our life away. Dog, did you, did you watch the game last night, Aaron? Uh, I was out watching the game, but I wasn't watching the game. If that makes sense. Oh, this man was out. I know you wasn't on no date. <laughs> I was a great turner. Dog, the Bama Kyrie was cooking our life away, dog. This man was doing the Rucker Park type moves on us. Good in league moves. Just reverse scoop, layups, all types of stuff, young. I was like, this is this is embarrassing. Like right now the Wizards are like 
they're last in the Southeastern Division, and they're behind. Um, what is it? All right, I, I was looking at this earlier. They're behind Charlotte. When have we ever been sorry than Charlotte, y'all? This is ridiculous. We behind Charlotte, Orlando, Atlanta, and Miami at the top. But I mean, we we 15 and 18, and Miami's seven games ahead of us or six games ahead of us. But it's just like, you know, the Wizards are bad. Bradley Bill need to hurry up and get back soon. I don't know if they can. I don't, they they might not go to the playoffs this year the way they looking, and that's just that's just me being real. They might not go to the playoffs. Um, Kyrie and LeBron both dropped thirty on us, and it was at home too. So just even more disrespectful. Uh, I'll probably get more into basketball so, as soon as this football season is over because I this haven't week. been watching it very close. But I'm about to start watching the jumps close. Um, but other than that, man, it's, that's all I got for the day. Uh, what you about to get into? Uh, it's too late to go to the gym, so I don't know. Probably not. Did D did D uh, go to the gym with you the other day? Uh, no, nah, he didn't go to the gym. Oh yeah, man. Well, that's all we got for today's show. Is uh at Black Sports 980 BOK Sports 980. You can follow us. Uh and that's it, man. That's it. Pray for me. Try and get better. <laughs> I'm a sick. Trying try and get back to my normal self. We'll be back next week. Talk about all the games and all the losers and winners. And go from there. Shut up! Give me a turn to speak! Shut up! We've talked about. Let me speak. How does that feel?